This is Man Afraid of Everything. I'm 34 years old, and I'm afraid of everything. I'm afraid of screwing up, I'm afraid of making the wrong decision, and I'm afraid of selling something on Craigslist. Each episode comes in two parts. In the first part, I question everything about the thing I'm afraid of. In the second part, I tell you about what happened when I did the thing I was afraid of. I hope you didn't think I was done with Craigslist already. Oh no. That place is totally ridiculous and deserves two episodes. I may have bought something on Craigslist and lived to tell the tale, but I still haven't sold something on Craigslist. The problem with selling on Craigslist is the risk. You could follow all of the guidelines to vet buyers, and you still don't know who's going to show up until you meet. You might think you're selling a tuba to Jennifer, but then you get there and it's two tambourine players on meth, and the ringing never stops. To reassure me, my brother told me someone he knows tried to sell jewelry on Craigslist, and the buyer showed up and tried to snatch the jewelry, and then someone pulled a gun. That's not how I want to spend a Saturday. I don't even know how to post. What's a good headline? What's a good price? How do I stay anonymous? How many pictures do I have to put up? What should I sell? A video game? Computer parts? An old puppet? Should I sell something that makes for a good story on a podcast? Why would I do that? Let's say I get a listing up. What's the best way to sort through responses to figure out who's trustworthy? If potential buyers don't give me their name, I shouldn't trust them. If they do give me their name, I shouldn't trust them. How do I protect my email and phone number from hackers? Why do I have to be the one to pick the place to meet? If they ask me, where do you want to meet? Can I just say, I don't know, where do you want to meet? I sold something on Craigslist and got more than just money. My first step was to research how to sell on Craigslist. Take lots of pictures, meet at a public neutral location, only accept cash, no trades. And then I found this amazing advice on the website Ask Metafilter. Do you have a nice bowl? Like a really nice bowl? One that you'd put fruit or something in if you had to pretend like you were a fancy person? Pull it out and fill it with brightly colored fruits, bananas, oranges, apples, etc. And put it in your well-lit photos. Selling a table? Put a bowl of fruit on it. Selling that crock pot? Put it on a table and put a bowl of fruit on that table. Bowl of fruit, yo, 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 yo. By using the bowl of fruit trick, they were able to sell a lame coffee table, a press board end table, and a used tire. They just put a bowl of fruit on a tire. So, I found a bowl, and I put fruit in that bowl. And then I stuck it on a table with my old Casio electronic piano, and I took a bunch of pictures. I received that Casio as a present when I was six or seven years old. I'm 34 now, and the piano still works. 
the Casio MT520 came out in 1987. It featured a super drum pad and 12 different piano sounds. Piano, vibraphone, jazz organ, violin, trumpet, funky clavinet, electric piano, electric guitar, pipe organ, human voice, flute, and synthesized sound. It also generated loops. It could samba, waltz, bossa nova, rock and roll. It could do everything. I couldn't do anything. I tried, though. I scribbled notes on paper and tried to teach myself how to play it. I had visions of becoming a famous musician, but that happened with everything. I'd read a comic. I'm going to draw comics. I'd see a comedian. I'm going to be a comedian. I'd read a book. I'm going to be a writer. I never committed to anything, and so I never learned how to play an instrument. I do remember having a lot of fun flipping switches, banging drums, and jamming on the keyboard, though. So, every time I stumbled upon the piano over the years, I'd think, I should sell that. But then I'd remember that sense of joy, and I couldn't just give those memories away. Until I started a podcast about doing things I'm afraid of. So I put it up for $60 or best offer. For Sale is a vintage Casio Keyboard Casio Tone MT520. First things first, to make sure that you are human, I insist you put the words, I am not a spam bot, in the title bar of your email to me. If, I am not a spam bot, is not in the title bar of your email to me, I am not going to respond to it. Thanks! This vintage electronic keyboard has only been used a handful of times since around 1988. Includes working 9-volt power adapter, some smudges and cosmetic scratches, but all keys, sliders, buttons, drum pads, and speakers work as new. The keyboard also runs on six D-size batteries. Have not tested battery operation since the 90s, and I only have four batteries right now. Includes instruction manual. Would like to feature music you make with the keyboard on my podcast. I also threw in a list of features. And then, I waited. Even though I had a lovely bowl of fruit in my pictures, I still didn't get any offers. I asked the seller from my Buying on Craigslist episode for advice. My listing looked good, but some items take longer than others, so I should repost every couple days to keep it out there, and eventually it'll sell. On the sixth day, I deleted the line about, I am not a spam bot. And the next day, I got a response. The bowl of fruit was working. A guy named Phil Scott would be driving through the area and wanted to buy my Casio that weekend. I was excited. He asked, would you be willing to hold it for me until then? I'd be willing to pay through PayPal if you'd like some collateral. My alarm bells went off. PayPal? This is a scam. I searched online. Don't accept PayPal payments up front. Sometimes, they'll even generate a fake PayPal receipt and email it to you, and it'll say they sent you the money when they really didn't. Or, they'll send you the money through PayPal, but after they get the item, they'll deny the charge and ask for a refund from PayPal. I was suspicious. He didn't even say what he'd pay for it. I heard you're supposed to spell out exactly what you'll pay for the item. I replied, The keyboard is still available. $60. Cash only. Let me know if you're still interested. He was still interested, and yes, he'd bring cash. 
Would Friday night work? I replied, Friday or Saturday is fine. What kind of music do you play? Want to know anything else about the keyboard? This was my way of finding out if he was a scammer. Why would a scammer know anything about an electronic piano from the 1980s? He replied, Am I correct in assuming that you can hook the Casio up to an amp? Also, does it have loop capabilities? If so, how many layers? Most of the old ones just have one, right? Uh... I had no idea how to answer any of his questions. So I took a picture of the inputs on the piano, and I made sure the same tablecloth from the original posting on Craigslist was in the background of the photos, so he didn't think that I was the scammer. I replied, Okay, so I don't know anything about music. I just wanted to make sure it was going to someone who does. Phil definitely knew about music. He played guitar, but he hadn't been able to lately because Lyme disease had taken a toll on his wrists. So he was looking for something fun and simple that would get him into songwriting again. In the meantime, I got another offer for the piano. Hi, I am interested in the keyboard. Want to modify it. The best I can do is $20 for the keyboard. Modify it? Nobody was dissecting my piano. Phil and I exchanged text messages and arranged to meet Saturday in the parking lot outside of a Target. I was nervous, and I wondered if he'd be alone. I asked my girlfriend to come with and watch from a car nearby, but that seemed way creepy, so we traveled together. Phil was into experimental folk music, and I thought, I watched a video of a bunch of folk musicians brawling with police in a Walmart parking lot. This is going to be exactly like that. Also, I shouldn't put the keyboard in the trunk, because in all of the movies, the bad guy says, it's in the trunk, and then he opens it and whacks the guy over the head and shoves him in the trunk. If I put it in the trunk, this guy is going to think I'm going to do that to him, or he's going to whack me and put me in my own trunk, and there's no seatbelts in there. When we pulled in the parking lot, I noticed he also brought someone with him. Smart. We were both smart. I opened the door to my back seat and showed him the keyboard. He asked how old it was, and I said 89, 88, and he laughed and said it was older than him. They remarked that the box was pretty beat up, and then I replied, that's because I moved it around so much. Should we get rid of this? Nah. Hey, why do we still have this? He fanned out $60 in cash. It was a deal. In the car afterwards, me and my girlfriend actually high-fived. In retrospect, the vacant area in the back of a giant parking lot is not a public space with lots of people. Anything could have happened back there. I sent Phil a message afterward to ask if he'd do a song for the show. Absolutely, but he didn't actually know how to play piano, so he might need a few weeks. What? I sold a piano? To someone who doesn't know how to play piano? The whole point was to sell it to someone who plays a piano. To celebrate the sale, I took my girlfriend out for dinner and spent half the money we just made. I picked through my meal as I tried to figure out how to do this episode without a song at the end. The following night, after I sold the piano, we were driving home when Phil emailed me. Well, I went right to work and had a lot of fun today with that Casio. Here's what I made. Feel free to use it however you want. The file name was 
I will live long enough to procrastinate if it's the last thing I do. My brain kept repeating, no way, no way, no way, as I hooked my phone up to the car stereo and pressed play. Feel the fingers of anguish caress body, find shelter in the arms of melancholy. Been waiting in the brush pile for a while now, jokes on me it was a holiday weekend. I owe my life to a chain of false hope, a few more more links and I might reach the moat, but what a waste to give a face to a gator, what a waste to be a hater, count the ways I'll love you later. Feel the crossbow of courage stab the back. Pull the reins of a sluggish, sleepy lion Been feeling a little different since I lost my knack My mojo rolled out of that backpack I owe my life to my money and connections The unnatural selection that fights my infection What a waste to give a face to a gator It might pay to be a hater But I'll look into that later The keyboard that I had been saving for 20 years was finally being used to create music. I played the song for everyone and kept muttering, he made a song with my piano, he made a song with my piano. Phil did more with that piano in a day than I did with it in 25 years. Thanks to this show, I've tried a lot of new things over the past few months, but this show has gone far beyond what I thought it would be. I figured I'd do some stuff and whatever. I don't have any reviews. Only two episodes have cracked 100 downloads. But I don't care. Because this show is rewarding in a deeper way. Phil could have bought a piano from anyone on Craigslist. But I like to think that the show gave him a push to jump into something creative right away. And I've heard from listeners who've gone places alone for the first time in their lives. And I've heard from others who've shared the show with friends who could use a little nudge to try new things. Six days after I sold the piano, I got another message from Phil. This Casio is bringing me back to life. 
hadn't written a song in over a year, and now I've made two this week. Craigslist rocks. Thanks for listening to episode... Nine. There may not be another one. Man Afraid of Everything is me, Jed. You can find more episodes at getafraid.com. Special thanks to Phil Scott. You can find more of his music at soundcloud.com slash philscottmusic. So what should I do next? Visit getafraid.com and let me know, and maybe I'll do it.